What's up, Story Side? You glad to be here today? I'm thankful for God's presence. Would you keep your applause going? Let's welcome all those joining us on Facebook Live. Let them know how thankful we are that you are part of our service today. I wanted to give you a couple of updates, those of you that have been asking how we did with our impromptu in the moment offering for uh, the missionaries last weekend, the RC family. Uh, just they had shared several things with us about needs that they had and both in the room and several gifts that were sent in from Facebook Live. Thank you. But uh, with the uh, total of all the services and online, uh, they were expecting and hoping for $10,000 that would have covered uh, the truck, uh, a bus, and also the shipping of hundreds of containers, uh, those, those boxes of food. And so we, we brought in $21,000, uh, which is awesome. So they, they were actually in tears uh, of appreciation, and it looks like we're going to be able to get a second bus as well. Uh, so they were hoping just to pay off the first. It looks like we're getting a second one as well. So uh, we bless them with that and thankful that StorySide believes in missions. I don't think we can ever go wrong by uh, believing in, in the mission and the Great Commission. Also, just, just a, a quick update, uh, update to whet your appetite. We've been talking for months about it, uh, but in the next few weeks we will have the unveiling of our uh, plans. The architects have been working on things designing things, but of our new kids and students ministry uh, area, and so we're looking to share that with you in December. We're really excited about that. I believe it's going to uh, be a big uh, improvement for our kids ministry. I love what the teachers and the teams do with uh, what we have uh, given them for space, although it's super limited, and I, I think that God's going to do some great things with our kids ministry and student ministry uh, with, with what we're doing with the spaces. So uh, also, uh, just keep that in mind. And then in December, we have at the movies. And for Christmas this year, we're, we're doing what's called Purple Christmas. So when you see some invites online and stuff, I'm asking you to share it. Uh, get the word out there. And over the next few weeks, as you get some touch cards, some invite cards for Christmas at the movies and Purple Christmas, if you would, would share that as well. I heard the joke about the two guys who were out hunting Speaking of hunting, uh, I took my boy out, he's 10, I took my boy out the other night, and with about maybe half an hour to go, he tells me, Dad, I, I can't feel my fingers anymore. I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy, but it's prime time. Uh, <laughs> and about 10 minutes later, he actually tells me word for word, he said, Dad, I feel like my feet's falling off. And I'm like, buddy, we got 20 minutes. <laughs> this is when they move. Uh, and so he's sitting there, and I can tell he's getting upset. And all of a sudden, I hear him say, this is torture. <laughs> this is torture. Uh, but I heard about the two friends who were out hunting, and, and the one friend was always bragging about what a good shot he was. Every time that they would talk, he would always say, I'm such a marksman. I, I'm dead on, bullseye. Uh, every time I shoot, it's, it's perfect. And he would always be, he would always be bragging uh, about what a good shot he was. And so the two of them are walking through the woods and, and just about that time, a duck actually flies overhead. This marksman, the good shot, always telling everyone he hits the bullseye, pulls his gun up, aims, and fires. And the duck continues to fly unscathed. 
He looks at his friend, tells his friend, he said, you just witnessed the miracle. There flies a dead duck. (laughs) Speaking of hunting, I'd actually gone hunting yesterday, come in, it's dark, my wife is across town, and when I enter into the house last night, I've got cold warm bath, I've got Micaiah, they immediately try to get feeling back in their fingers and toes, and so they've got blankets, and they go in by the fireplace. I am getting everything put away and bows put up, and I go into the house, and, and lights are off, but my wife has multiple Christmas trees. I don't know if anyone else likes Christmas decor like her, but it's not enough just for one room. She likes a bunch of rooms and hallways and doors and interior, exterior, uh, but that has nothing to do with my message. But anyway, I walk in, <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at the Christmas tree and the lights. She said she had stayed up till three in the morning doing the one tall tree, and So I'm looking at it, and I remember I bought a Tim Hortons coffee full. I haven't touched it, and it's in my truck. And just almost like a leap for joy moment on the inside. What a perfect thing. I'm going to get my coffee. I'm going to warm it up. And so I grab my truck key, and I go out the front door to go to my truck to get my coffee. And when I open the front door, a bat flies straight at my face. And I, I don't even know that I could mimic the scream. It was loud. And Micaiah and Cole tell me later, like, we thought you were dying. Uh, this bat flies straight at my face. I've, I've taken all my hunting stuff off, so I'm not even dressed appropriately for the moment. But I panic. I go into the dining room. I'm, I'm like, mad in the moment. This goes from, like, warm-up coffee to, like, hunting 2.0 now, like, So I call Angel, I'm like, babe, what do I do? There's a bat in the house. And so she starts telling me about the dangers and rabies and if they bite and all of this stuff. And so I call Rob Thrush, Rob's a neighbor. I'm like, Rob, I think there's a bat in my house. Rob was absolutely no help at all. He's like, I don't know anything about bats and I'm enjoying the game and food and whatever. Uh... So I, I, I'm, in the, I'm in the moment, I call Pastor Josiah, I can hear it, I can hear it like making noise or something out around the Christmas tree and the piano room, which is in between where I'm at and my bedroom. So I call Pastor Josiah to come and I'm thinking like, I've got to get dressed, like he can't come over, this is not good. So I go to the laundry room, and I start to look for what the laundry room has to offer. And so I, thankfully, I'd left a hockey jersey in there, and there was a hat in there, a pair of red, like, garden gloves. And so I, I get on my, like, find the bat uniform, and <laughs> Pastor Josiah tells me, he's like, I'll bring a sheet over. His wife's name is Whitney, so thank you, Whitney. I'll bring a sheet over, and we'll throw a sheet on top of it. And so he stops somewhere and gets like a racquetball net or, or racquetball racket or whatever. And I, I go out to the garage and get two tennis rackets. And so I have my two tennis rackets and I'm going to beat this thing. Pastor Josiah is going to help me. And so he gets there and we can't find it. 
We can't find it. And so we start looking all over the house. I tell them, like, Pastor Josiah, it flew into the Christmas tree and then was making noise. And so you don't realize sometimes in a moment like that and, until you need doors to be closed how that every single door in the Pelkey household was open. Like every door, every bedroom door, every bathroom door, every closet door, storage room doors. It's like every door was open. We cannot find the bat. So we are like creeping around. We're like trying to open stuff and look in and check corners. Nothing. I'm thinking the whole time, there's no way that my wife's going to want to stay in this house tonight. Like we have to find and kill the bat. We check everywhere upstairs, believe it or not, I mean, I'm going to fix it today, but believe it or not, there's two closets and a hallway, the lights are out. What are the chances? There's not even a light to turn on to check. We're like in a dark closet, like this thing's going to like grab me by the throat or something. And like, this is how I'm going to go down. Of all the ways I could have died, a bat in Belleville took me out. So we come downstairs Pastor Josiah is creeping. He's got his racket. I'm creeping. I got my rackets. I take the rackets. I open up the curtains in my bedroom. And when I open up those curtains again, it flies straight at my face a second time. I scream again. This particular scream, I turn around to tell Pastor Josiah we found it. We tracked it down. When I turn around hoping I'm going to see eye to eye, like... Let's go, let's get it. I turn around. He is buckled over like this, laughing so hard. He's like, I have never heard you sound like that before. So again, I don't know exactly what the scream sounded like, but between my son and Pastor Josiah, it's not good. Uh, Anyway, it flew down the hallway, past our closet, into the bathroom. We go down, we get the sheet, we get it. It's not a bat, it's a bird. It's a bird. (laughs) It lived. We got it out. And I'm really just telling all of that to you, uh, mainly because I just know there's a lot of pests, a lot lot of things maybe. I know you guys, some of you live in the country and stuff. If you ever need help, here's a picture of Pastor Joe Sinai in the moment with the gear, with the rackets. (laughs) If you ever need help, we're one phone call away. Uh, We will track it down. We will get it out. Um. So, moral of the story is it's not as bad as what you think. Uh, We survived. It's great to be in God's presence today. I'm glad everyone's alive. I want to talk to you on the subject today in our time together. I want to talk to you about convenient Christianity. Everyone say convenient Christianity. We say it again, convenient Christianity. Here is the type of phone that I would have grown up with, these, these phones on the wall with, with this long stretchy cord that you could answer the call and then you can like, that thing will really go. You can like work your way to the other side of the room and go around the hallway. And this is the phone that, that we would have had growing up. This 
This is something that would be similar. I remember when I was younger and was so excited about getting what they call the Walkman. A little thing, you put a cassette tape in it. It's got like these big earmuff things, play music. Then you could have something like this that you could take, uh, whether or not it's your gathering, your party, your get-together. Maybe you would have something like this that you could pick up and move from room to room. You could play your cassette. You could play a CD. You could turn on the radio and whether or not you had big box stereos, some of you that played records, or, or you have something like a boom box, but this could, be, this could be for your music. If, if you wanted to check the temperature, you could actually go outside and a lot of people in their entryway or, or by their door, they would put something that you could go and look at and you could begin to gauge and tell what the temperature was. You could find out what the weather was looking like. If, if you wanted to take notes, a lot of times people would walk around with like notepads or clipboards and you could have pages and pages of notes. You'd have, have calendars. People used to like to get specific calendars. Some people would have, some people would have, you know, calendars with certain seasons or pictures on them or sports teams or like quotes. Some people would have big calendars like this where you'd write all your appointments down and, and you would try to keep track of your life with calendars. If, if you needed an alarm to wake up in the morning, whether it's your house or they would have these in hotels and motels, this could plug in by your bed. This would be an alarm clock. You, you, you would have your time on here. You have a big button here at the top, which this one is like wore out, but this big button, this big button says snooze. Anyone ever hit the snooze button before? Has anyone ever hit it like two or three or four times? I actually hate this button. My wife will set alarms early, like has for years. She will set alarms early and then hits the snooze button over and over and over. And then she tells me that mentally it allows you to think you're sleeping longer. So she tells me. She's like, when you hit it, it's like you're getting more sleep than what you thought you were getting. I'm like, no, that's not how that works. Um, this, is, this is a flashlight. This is a flashlight uh, with really big batteries. Uh, some of you have used these flashlights or had these flashlights used on you for different reasons, if you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> Tim Bradford. Uh, just kidding. Uh, these are flashlights. My parents, when, when I was younger, they actually went to Germany, Hungary, Romania, behind the Iron Curtain. They went on a 30-day mission trip. They brought back a cuckoo clock, and the thing would make all kinds of noises and stuff. But in, in our house, you could go into the kitchen, or you could go into the living room. Different rooms would have different clocks. And so you could look up on the wall, and you could tell what time it was. When I was younger and traveling and then into the early, earlier years of our church, I used to love to buy the USA Today. This was my favorite newspaper. And so part of it was in my travels, 
when I'm speaking churches and prisons and schools and you know, a lot of times hotels would have this newspaper when you checked in. They, they would give you a free copy of the USA Today. And, and it just started becoming for years and years my favorite newspaper to read. If you've worked with finances or monies, uh, if you were someone that had to do types of sales or counting, chances are you maybe have used, you maybe have used a big calculator where you begin to tabulate you begin to count on something like, like this. Over, over the years, uh, over the years, we slowly begin to get away from, we slowly begin to get away from a lot of these things, and they all turned into this. So now... Now I don't need, I don't need a calculator. I don't need this. Because on my phone, I have a calculator. I don't, I don't need the USA Today. I actually downloaded the app, the USA Today. We don't. We don't necessarily put up clocks all over our house now because we can tell what time it is on our phone. Chances are many of you, many of you don't even, don't even use this anymore. You don't necessarily go into a hotel and begin to figure out with all the buttons and what time you need to wake up, you tell your phone when to tell you to wake up. If you're looking for something or you're checking for something, it's not always that you go looking for this. Because now your flashlight, you can just turn, turn on here. Don't always go into the other room to get your boombox. Because you download music on your phone. Nobody is pulling out the notepad necessarily. Nobody is going to always look at calendars because you actually have notes. You have notes on your phone. You have a calendar on your phone. You, you don't go outside to begin to check and see what the temperature is because you could actually have a weather app on your phone see what the weather is. All of these things become this. Not contained to stretch to the other side of the room around the hall. Now you could go to another state, another country. You could be in a room or in a car and everything is here. When you look at your phone, you can watch movies on it. You're not hooking up the VCR with the red, white, and yellow cord. You're not getting out the VHS. You're not like lifting the lid off and blowing the dust like, <laughs> stop skipping and dragging. And... No, you can actually watch it here. You get TV on your phone. 
If you have a question, you, you know, when I was a kid, big libraries and encyclopedias and like you would go on a major search for information. Now, now you just talk to, hey Siri, can you tell me? And all of a sudden Siri now can give you the information you need. If there's something Siri can't do, you start like just settling into your chair, your couch. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you just like, you just like work down in like, like this here is going to do everything I need. And whatever Siri can't do or your phone can't do, you like boss around Alexa. Like Alexa, dim the lights. I don't want to move, right? <laughs> Sounding good so far? It's like my kind of life, right? We have convenience stores. We have drive throughs We have remotes. When I'm younger, you actually, we didn't have a TV in our earlier years, but I used to actually go to neighbors' houses and watch TV, which was against our religion too, but <laughs> it doesn't seem as bad when you're at the neighbor's house. Like, well, I hope they make it. <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> her name was Pauline. Uh, Pauline thought I deeply cared for her. Um, why do you always visit at four o'clock? Because Woody Woodpecker and Dukes of Hazard. But don't tell their family. Just checking in. Um, want to make sure you guys are okay. Um, but you'd actually go over to the TV and you had to turn the knob. Anyone else, you had to turn a knob at some point in your life to get the TV to change channels? Well, you don't do that anymore. You like settle down in like that Siri seat and like the, ele like, and now you got this. You like nestle in and you just do this. <laughs> like, right? You're going to control it all with this. And so remotes can run so many things like I'm not getting out and opening up the garage door and like you hit a remote like I'm not turning off my light the switch is clear over there like and we're going to turn off a light and then you know even like I'm, go out in the cold in the morning and start my car I don't think so honk honk hold the button hmm. how many thankful for automatic starts right How many thankful for these type of things? And then it spills over into our food. Our food. Like this concept and idea of like peeling carrots and peeling potatoes and letting something sit for hours. We're like, there's an aisle over here. Those of you that Don't even have lunch plans. I will bless you with this after service. This is a teriyaki noodle bowl. We think it's all natural. <laughs> but it has, I can't pronounce some of the words, but it has sweet and tangy sauce with bok choy. No, carrots. Anyway, what I want to draw to your attention is it's ready in two minutes. Two minutes. Speaking of ready, they actually named this ready. This is ready rice. 
So ready rice, this actually says you don't even have to take it out of the pouch. I mean, I'm trying to help you today. This is convenient. You don't have to take it out of the pouch. It cooks in 90 seconds. And you have your rice ready. For those of you with kids, and you're like, I need something easy. There's no guessing game here. This is easy. This is easy Mac. And all you have to do, it says right here, all you have to do is just add water. You just add water, 3.5 minutes, and here's lunch for your family. That's easy, Mac. I, I am grateful that we're not walking around with all these things. I'm grateful that we don't have to have a calculator and a clock and an alarm and a flashlight and a phone with a cord. So, so I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm grateful for progress. I'm grateful for convenience. But what I want to challenge you with today is that if we're not careful, convenience can slip over into church. Convenience, by definition, means conducive to comfort and ease, freedom from discomfort. Additional definitions are easy to do, easy to use, easy to get to, fitting in with your needs or plans. And so the mindset of convenience can actually become something that we want for our spirituality. Like, I need this to also apply to my faith. And so for some people, convenient church could be online. Like, why would I drive? Why would I get in my car, my truck, use my gas if I don't have to? Like, why would I get the kids ready? Why would, I, why would I go through all the effort and expend all of the energy if I could just watch it on a screen? We could gauge our convenience on proximity. If it's close, if it's convenient, some people could actually pick churches on proximity even if, they, even if they were honest and admitted that they're not spiritually alive, they're not growing, they're not engaged, their spouse isn't into it, but, but based on proximity, they could in a moment of transparency, transparency actually admit we're, we're not even being spiritually fed, but at least it's not far. People gauge on the weather. I've done this for years now, and so I'm always intrigued with church plans or newer pastors or people that will start telling me, well, crowd was down today, but it was raining. You know, the rain is inclement weather. People just don't want to come to church. And some of those same people, when it's sunshine in 85, the crowd's down. It's sunshine. 
probably a great day for people to clean their garage and play with the family and cut the grass and, well, people don't want to come to church when it's sunny. Or there's a game. Or the lake. Or they're tired. Or family's coming over at four. Series and subjects are something that people and pastors and churches don't always want to announce for fear that people won't come for certain subjects or series. Hey, we're doing a series on marriage. We're doing a series on giving. We're doing a series on the Holy Spirit or forgiveness or sacrifice or commitment. I don't know if I want to do that one. Convenience can turn into conditional. And conditional Christianity will ultimately become casual Christianity. A missionary organization wrote to missionary David Livingstone and asked, have you found a good road to where you're at? If so, we want to send other missionaries to join you. Livingstone wrote back, If you have men who will come only if they know there's a good road, I don't want them. I want men who will come if there's no road at all. In our final few minutes together today, Acts chapter 24, Paul, the preacher, Paul has been arrested, was being questioned and corrected. His Roman citizenship had kept him from being killed. Paul stands before Felix, this strong leader, this governor of Judea, Paul the author, Paul the preacher, Paul the writer, in this moment begins to share the gospel, begins to share truth with Felix. Verse 24 says, several days later, Felix came with his wife, Jerusalem, who is Jewish. He sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. I want you to notice today that that it doesn't seem like Felix had a problem talking about faith. Felix doesn't seem disturbed hearing about Jesus. But the next verse, the Bible says that as Paul talked about righteousness, right and wrong, right things. So he talked about righteousness Number two, self-control. And finally, the judgment to come. You know, things like one day every one of us will give account for ourselves. You know, verses that says that everyone will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You know, verses that say that every knee every knee. He began to talk to him about eternity. Where John 3 could talk to us about Christ paying the price for eternal life. But the Bible also tells us that some people that don't know Jesus, that they will be dismissed, sent away into darkness without God. Whether you call it outer darkness, 
whether you call it Hades, whether you call it hell, to live an eternity without God. And when Paul began to talk about those things, the Bible says that Felix was afraid, and he said, that's enough for now. You may leave. And when I find it convenient, that's our message today. Can we say the word together, convenient? When I find it convenient, I will send for you. One translation said that Felix felt things getting a little too close for comfort and dismissed him. The three subjects, right, wrong, self-control, and judgment to come. Felix is afraid, and he attempts, he attempts to delay his decision. Here's the reality for all of us today as we listen to this message and hear God's Word. That when we have to make a choice, and we don't make it, That is our choice. Christianity is not always convenient. No wonder Felix is feeling the heat. Don't talk to me about right and wrong. Don't don't talk to me about self-control. I don't want you to tell me the areas of my life that I need to do better at. And I don't want to hear about the judgment to come. C.S. Lewis said this, if you want a religion that will make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. we close our message today, there are many things, but but three things I would leave you in closing. Three things that when we choose convenient Christianity, when we say that that I I want to like, I always want to love, I want to feel comfortable, when we pick that kind of Christianity, I believe we jeopardize three things in our lives. The first thing that I believe we jeopardize is God's Word. I believe we jeopardize God's Word. Because we will only want to look at what we like or what we love. We'll only want to read what resonates with our preferences. We'll we'll scan Scripture and want to pick out the areas and the verses and the passages that are going to fit with where we're at. And we could look at things that would say, you know, your flesh, because we all all have a flesh, and Paul is is talking to Felix about the self-control. He's talking to him about right and wrong. And we all could be susceptible in these moments 
to read certain things and be like, I don't like that. You could look at a page and it could say, you need to forgive 70 times 7. And yet you're thinking, no, bite me once. Bite me twice. Like, I'm not, I'm not praying for a different ethnicity. I'm not giving to a different culture. I, I, I will never, I will never, Pastor Micah, forgive my ex or... And then all of a sudden you get to the page and you're like, love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. No way. Not doing that. You, you, you could think in your mind, Pastor Micah, nobody's getting married anymore. Everyone wants to live together. It's the, the cost of divorce and disillusion and, you know, it's better, like, go on a trial run. Like, how about we just test it out for a while? You know some of the things people can joke about and say. And we could come to parts of the Bible where it talks about one spouse and commitment and marriage and forgiveness and trying to keep your home holy. And you, and you read certain things like that and you're like, oh, uh, no, not, not those. Um i got to find something in Psalms or a proverb like honeycomb or favor or like there's got to be, oh, here, like right here. He'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me. Or uh, All things will work together for good. But don't tell me anything about, whoa, seven abominations and the number one thing is a proud look. He doesn't want pride. He doesn't want ego. He doesn't want us to think we're all that. That's going to go. It's not a Bible. (laughs) I got you. (laughs) Some of you were gathering up your stuff like, they don't tear Bibles out in my church. I'm out of here. (laughs) People could say, Pastor Micah, you don't understand. Everybody on social media says, everyone in college says, every professor, everyone in university. But I'm not preaching today from that book. I'm not talking to you about a college book today. I'm telling you the Bible says that he knows a baby in the womb. He fits in pieces and forms in the belly. And you don't just rip out whatever pages it is that you don't like. Say, Pastor Micah, You know, I just, I want it to feel good. I just, like the relationship I'm in, I don't want for better, for worse, and richer. I don't want to do that. Well, I I didn't didn't come up with all of this. Do you understand understand why Felix is feeling the pressure? Do you understand why Felix is feeling the heat? Do you understand why when it starts, like, let's talk about faith? And he's like, yeah, let's talk about faith. 
And I love faith. I love grace and mercy. I love hope. I love all of those things. But every now and then in our lives, you need to be in a service. You need to hear a sermon. You need to be in His Word. And Him begin to stretch. And Him begin to convict. And Him begin to tell us, why do you talk like that? Why do you go there? Don't you understand? Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Don't put evil before your eye. What goes in will ultimately come out. Don't you understand, Micah, that sometimes I need to search you and I need to try you and I need to change you? Not every message, not every message is like, high five, five people close to you. Not every message is like, go home and on Facebook, like, wow, it was powerful today. It was awesome today. One of my favorite services ever. I love that, and it's encouraging when someone says, hey, pastor, great message, that helped me. But every now and then, you almost need to go to your truck or your car a little bit angry, a little bit frustrated. You need to put your head on your pillow sometimes and wrestle with God and be like, I can't believe that he won't let it go. I need that bitterness, I need that anger, I need that spirit, I need that ego, I need that every now and then you need to have some of those kind of moments with God. You and I don't want to have convenient Christianity. If Christianity is always convenient, then we take out, take up your cross every day or you need to die daily or you need to decrease so that he increases sometimes you and I need those types of moments with God as we get ready to pray just want to remind you today that holiness is hard Christianity when it tries to take over your life your flesh will fight it. Not everyone at Thanksgiving and Christmas is going to agree with you. Not every friend at the gym or in the locker room is going to be like, whoa, awesome. Galatians chapter 5 says the wrong things the sinful self does are clear. Everyone say sinful self. Remember what Paul talked to Felix about? Self, self, self. We always want to blame the devil. This is the works of the flesh. He said the sinful things that self does are clear. Committing sexual sin, being morally bad, doing all kinds of shameful things, worshiping false gods, taking part in witchcraft, hating people, causing trouble, being jealous, angry, selfish, causing people to argue and divide into separate groups, being filled with envy, getting drunk, having wild parties, doing other things like this. I warn you now as I warned you before, that people who do these things will not have a part in God's kingdom. Can I just be honest with you today? These moments are weighty when they happen. I remember moments in my life where the Holy Spirit's convicted me, challenged me. You don't always want to repent. You don't always want to say you're sorry. You don't always want to change everything and make things right. One of the hardest things you'll ever do is confess. 
When the Bible says confess your faults one to another, I'm not saying you need to stand up and shout it out, but if you go to a trusted pastor or a friend or a spiritual leader and you confess, someone that helps hold you accountable, someone that's going to bring spiritual responsibility to your life, confession is not easy. When you go like the prodigal son coming home, and he, his head is down, if you would, and he's like, I have sinned be, before heaven and, and against you and make me a servant. It's not like he's walking down like, hey, everybody, where are we going to lunch today? Sometimes godly sorrow, you know what I'm talking about? When godly sorrow won't let you go and it's saying, no, come on, I want you to be right. I want to fix it. I want... In those moments where your flesh is warring against the Spirit, those moments can be weighty. I have four kids. Those times where you're trying to talk to them and their eyes are darting, you're like, no, look at me. And they look for one second and then their head's back, no, I need you to look at me. We're having a conversation that could determine your destiny. Look at me, let's talk. Here's the reality. I don't always want to look in the Word of God. I don't always want to put my life up against His presence and the light and conviction and the anointing, but it's needed. It's needed. It is helping you and I to grow spiritually. Recently read an article of the same article, but it said the percentages of people that say they believe in God, they pray, they profess Christianity. Later on in the article, it was saying that they asked them, well, what do you think about giving? What do you think about premarital sex? What do you think about abortion? What do you think about... And, and, and those same people, the statistics and percentages went way to the other extreme. Because before we point, before we point our fingers at Felix today, I think we all have to be honest enough to admit that when we're talking about faith, and God's goodness, and I love all of these things. We're good. But if Paul wants to talk to Felix about what's right, about self-control, and about the judgment to come, that every single one of us can be susceptible to saying, it's not a convenient time. Not a convenient time. I need you to go, and let's talk sometime later. The second thing, besides the Word of God that I think we jeopardize, is our worship to God. If you have convenient Christianity, you'll start saying, I don't feel like it, I'm just not up for it. If you knew the week I had, it's not a good time. It's convenient. They say the average person goes to church 17 times a year. Some people are just Easter and Christmas convenient. I don't have time to read, don't have time to pray, don't have time to witness, don't have time to serve. You know, I can sing, I can play an instrument, but I'm not coming to practice. I have the gift of hospitality. I am per personable, I, I have a, but I'm not coming early to greet. I'm not putting a t-shirt on. I'm not helping with kids. Yeah, he's blessed me with a gift of teaching and talking, but I'm not doing that. You, you see how easy it is to become convenient? If it fits, I'll do it. If it doesn't fit... I think the danger of convenient Christianity with our worship is that who knows if we even come? Who knows if we even feel like it? Who knows once we get here if we've had whatever argument or whatever bill is owed or 
whatever's going on in your job or in school, and you're like, ah, that's great. You're singing, I surrender all. Awesome, but not today, Micah. That's convenient Christianity. Just don't feel like it. What does that mean? What does I don't feel like it mean? When in reality, you and I both need to commit to scriptures that would sound something like this. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. The word of God, everyone say the word of God. Worship to God. The final thing is waiting on God. Waiting on God. 2019, if we're not careful, we're treating God like the bag of rice. We're looking at God like it's easy Mac. Like, like if, you, if you can do it in two minutes, and if all I had to have to do is just add water, like if you don't need me to work on anything, if you don't need me to stretch, if you don't need me to develop, if you don't need me to change, if you don't need me to sacrifice, if I could just like 90 seconds, two minutes, do a little bit, then I'm in. You know, Joseph has a dream and a vision. 17 years later, it comes to pass. David's anointed as a kid, but it's a long journey until he's king. Simon's called, but he's going to go through dealing with his anger. He's going to deal with his reactionary responses. He's going to deal in the pressure of caving to the crowd long before Peter ever preaches Pentecost. You and I, when we have convenient Christianity, it's like, if God, if you do this and this and this and... Uh, can you, uh, can you do it by uh, tomorrow? And God is saying, did you just sign up for like conditional Christianity? Or did you make a determination, a decision to say, I'm going to endure to the end. Some days are going to be up. Some days are going to be down. Sometimes I'm going to understand. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know what God's doing. But I am not a convenient Christian. Let me pray for you today. You would just close your eyes. I pray God's word helps you. The, the last couple of weeks as we've prepared for this message, I've been so excited to share with you. I know it's weighty. I know the Holy Spirit could come to your heart, maybe your home, and really wrestle with you this week. But I've really looked forward to sharing this message with you because I believe it can make you and help you become the person God wants you to be. Don't, don't, don't dismiss the Paul in your life. Don't dismiss the Word of God. Don't dismiss prayer moment, moments. Don't, don't dismiss conviction just because it's talking about things that you don't like, Felix. Ask God to search you. Search me, oh God. And know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked thing, any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Maybe as you're listening to God's word today, 
like Paul challenged Felix, are you ready for the judgment to come? If you went into eternity, Felix, are, are you sure? Are you right with God? We're all born in sin. We need a Savior. Have you, have you repented? Have you made things right? Come on, Felix. I don't know who you are today in the room or online, but, but if you're not right with God, don't. Felix, like, put it off. He delayed the decision. I'm asking you today. I'm asking you today. Don't put it off. Get your heart right with God. Let His grace and mercy, His truth, come into your life. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ, or maybe you know you are so sidetracked and you want to get right with God today. If that's you, I'm just asking you to raise up a hand right now and just say, Pastor Michael, would you pray for me today? Thank you, sir. Thank you right over here. Thank you right here in the third row. Thank you all the way in the back row. Two hands, thank you. Want to be right with God today? Maybe someone for the first time that's saying, save me. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. I'm ready to turn from my sin. I can't do it on my own. I need Him to help me. I need His Spirit to empower me, to help me to make these decisions and choices in my life. God hears your prayer right now in the room and online. People that are praying that prayer, save me today, forgive me today. He hears your prayer right now. want to ask you if you know maybe you've been saved but you know that, that sometimes just the convenience the casual the I'm at church again but you know there is a greater fire a greater purity a greater passion you know you know that in your own life you would love for God to ignite or reignite you don't want to ever settle for convenient Christianity. If God's word is speaking to you today and you would raise a hand, not for me, but for God to tell him, I'm listening. I'm listening. Thank you. Hands are going up all over the room. I'm listening. I don't want convenient Christianity. I don't want just when it feels good. Hands are still going up. I don't want just when it feels good. I don't want it just when it's easy. I want you, Jesus. Nothing else will do. I don't want religion. I don't want an hour out of a week. I want a living relationship with my Creator. I feel the Holy Spirit even as I'm saying it today. I feel His presence right now. Come on, let Him help you today. When you open up your heart right now, you're just honest with them. I don't want it, God. I don't want convenient Christianity. I don't want to settle. I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be on the fence somewhere. I want to be right with you. I want you with me every moment of every day. I want you, Jesus. Nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. I want you with eyes closed all over the room, when you are serious, when you are ready, when you know in your heart, 
God, I, I am recommitting to you today. I'm recommitting to you. I'm stepping out of casual. I'm stepping out of conditional. And I am stepping into a recommitment right now. When you're ready to make this song your prayer, you want to sing it from the very core of who you are, nothing else. There's no money that could fix this. There's no car, no house. There's nothing in this world that could fill the void that only Jesus can fill. When you're ready to tell Him, I just want you, not last, not what's left over. I want to seek first the kingdom. I want you to stand on your feet. If you're physically able, slip up your hands in the air and just tell Him today, make it your prayer. I want you, God. I want your Holy Spirit in my life. Nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. Nothing else will do, Jesus. I want you. I want you, God. 